Hi there, today's episode is really pondering the role of the Holy Spirit in this life of trust um, and what it means to fully trust the Holy Spirit and be open to the Spirit's presence in our life and what are the things that might stop us from that complete openness. So I hope it adds a new perspective at least and um, is something that is a blessing to you. Welcome to Trust is My Home, a weekly podcast about living a covenant of trust with the Father. From Loretto House here in Austin, Texas to your own home, this podcast seeks to lay down and enflesh the foundation of trust that becomes the true rock on which to build a home. Each week we will talk about realigning our lives toward the Father. What does it mean to trust Him? If God is a good father, and we believe that, how does that change the way we live our lives? We'll dig deep into the hidden treasures of the hearts of mothers and fathers who are choosing to live radical trust in God, and speak honestly about the challenges and the testimonies that come from such a life. This is a podcast from this home to your homes, meant to reach into the sometimes lonely struggles to weave encouragement, joy, and community into your day. So whether you're driving, cleaning, folding, or just stopping to listen, welcome to Trust is My Home. Welcome back to Trust is My Home. Um, Today, we're recording here in Loretto House, and I'm just asking the Holy Spirit to be present, and also recognizing something deeply that... um, asking him to remove the places where I am afraid. I'm afraid for the Holy Spirit to really have full access in my life, to be, to have the control without me having the control. And, you know, as we seek to be open to God and and let him work, I'm just recognizing myself as, you know, especially within this week, a deeper, in a deeper way, places where, I still have yet to allow God in. And not that I don't say fully or don't do the work, okay, God, I I want you here. I want you to be a part of my life. But places where, even as I say that, those deep places where I might be protecting myself from being vulnerable to God again. And so I guess today I just wanted to talk about... uh, what it means to trust not just God the Father and not just Jesus, but what does it mean to trust the Holy Spirit and the ways in which we can, without realizing it, um, show that we don't fully trust. And so I guess to back it to back this up with maybe more of a story or kind of a clear sense of what I'm speaking about is this I've encountered very frequently in the last couple weeks several people who have been hurt in a deep way in their love for the church they have loved the church they have loved Jesus they have given themselves and then they have been hurt and oftentimes hurt by people in leadership or hurt by the authority in the church and at the same time as, as desiring to be faithful, 
having a hard time then to to see where the truth lies and i i can include myself in that category as well and so as i've been kind of praying into this this area like what do we do when we have been um hurt by those who are who are basically called to represent god um well i don't know what we're supposed to do but i guess what do we like how do we approach god again uh, when we've been hurt and and i think like we know this uh, psychologically on a human level that when we have been hurt physically or even sexually right um those places where we have been hurt those places of intimacy right they carry wounds and we find that there's blocks to really being able to fully receive people because trust has been broken so how then do we restore trust and um it's the same within in the spiritual life or with people who have been hurt kind of in a spiritual way um so those places where maybe we have been hurt where we're like we're trying to follow god fully and truly and then are hurt in those places how do we continue to keep ourselves open for grace and i really believe intellectually and even kind of faithfully <laughs> that the holy spirit is the one that continues to renew and restore and bring you know healing and we see this even with the apostles who felt actually in some way betrayed by christ betrayed by his death you know um, before the resurrection this feeling of this person they gave everything to they, they followed him he was supposed to free the jewish people and he ends up uh, naked and killed in the most shameful fashion just that like the honest psychological trauma okay god we we left everything to follow you and you're dead <laughs> and you didn't save us and what do we have now and we know also that so god god came and he he was resurrected and he came back to life but it, but the way that our heart even to receive that resurrection and to go deeper into it and allow us to heal us is really the work of the holy spirit and so god spends like all this time on earth after the resurrection coming back into the life of the apostles and directing them deeper and deeper to the holy spirit and we see then in the upper room we see in the upper room the apostles waiting with mary and who are they waiting for what why are they praying or what, what kind of what's their positioning there well jesus had um ascended to heaven he they he told them go out and do this great work of baptizing in the name of the father son and the holy spirit go to all the nations baptize in my name and um don't worry I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send a counselor. I'm going to send somebody who's even going to do mightier works than I. And he left them. They have to realize, like, for the apostles, like, do they know the Holy Spirit? No, they don't. They know Jesus. And he's promised them whatever this Holy Spirit is as a replacement for his leaving. 
And I think, I mean, we're, we're like reading the story from, from a distance, but if you can just put yourselves in the shoes of these men, okay? Men are practical people. They're like, give us a job, we'll do it. But when they saw Jesus died, okay, he rose again. That was wonderful. He started doing all these miracles. It was great. We had our friend back. He was like, had superpowers. It was going to be amazing. And then he just leaves again. But it's okay because he promises the Holy Spirit. Well, we, we don't really realize like how hard that must have been for them. So where were they positioned in the upper room? I mean, they were in a place where they were scared. There was a task that was much too big for them. There was still political upheaval. You know, Jesus didn't like change everything according to the, the eyes of men. Um, and being men, they're not going to sit around. They're like, let's go back fishing. Like, let's go back to our jobs. Let's go back to things we used to do before any of this. Because... We need to feel the comfort of being in control again. And I, I guess I just would, I guess I feel very much like the apostles in the upper room. Maybe before they got there. <laughs> uh, you know, like, okay, you just left, but now what? Where are you? And I think it's really, really, really important to recognize that they were not alone in the upper room. They were with Mary. And I don't think they would have stayed in the upper room if it were not for Mary. I do not see how they would have the courage to stand and wait without Mary there. And what, what was Mary's role in, in the upper room as they waited for the Holy Spirit? Mary's role was to be a silent witness to the Holy Spirit because she already knew the Holy Spirit, because she had intimate knowledge of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit came to her in an intimate way, and because of that, she conceived Jesus Christ. So Mary knew the Holy Spirit. And because she knew the Holy Spirit and she heard the promises of the Holy Spirit, she was able to be the peaceful hope in waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then we hear, we hear how the Holy Spirit came. I mean, there was flames and, and there was, they were emboldened and they had this kind of, like people thought they were drunk in the middle of the day and they just went out with courage and they stopped being hiding behind a locked door and they went out and they were just alive and on fire and in love and just so excited to share and actually had ability to share in many languages, to speak to people in languages they didn't even know. And to heal, I mean, even the shadow of Peter would heal. So we see apostles that are kind of in this confusing time of grief and hopelessness, you know, with a task given to them and they, okay, they believe in Jesus because he did come back from the, life, from the dead, but, but then he left them again. 
this kind of waiting period, okay, you gave us this call, but I have no idea how we're supposed to even fulfill this call. And then to this, like, let's go, let's go. Like, let's go to every corner. I mean, it's crazy for a Jewish man to go to, like, India or, you know, Spain, what we call now Spain, like all the corners of the, of the earth to go witness to Christ. Twelve men, twelve fishermen. And we know it, what didn't happen like in two seconds. We know that it was an effect of, of their zeal and their love. And they, they called other people and then they went out and there was just this, these streams, these streams of grace that went out from that upper room. And I'm just realizing today myself, you know, in this place where it feels like this person who was supposed to be my everything and my Jesus and he was going to, you know, and he died and, and I, I'm in this church that I love, but it, it seems so broken and everything's like a scandal and where are you, Lord? And I just feel like we're in a place where we're sitting in this, this place where like, okay, I see the task, you know, I believe in the message of the gospel, but I'm tired and I'm hurt and I feel alone. Where are you? And I'm seeing within myself the Holy Spirit wants to come. But am I willing to allow myself to be fully vulnerable to the Holy Spirit? Um... For me to answer that question, I, I think I, I'm, I struggle there. But at the same time, I'm hungry for it. And I, I just know in the body of Christ, there are many, many who have been kind of living this cycle of kind of disillusionment. And, and you know what? We have to recognize the apostles went through disillusionment. Because Christ didn't just want them to hold on to him as one person, like as the, this, like their best friend or this guy who's going to help everything. He wanted to come to them totally as the triune God, like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so right now where we are and right now where we are with so many things that we see that are wrong <laughs> are so broken and i just see clearly like okay well if i'm afraid or if i'm disillusioned and if i'm weary and if i'm hurt but yet i still want to follow you lord i need your holy spirit but i don't even feel like it can stay in this room and wait for you it's too painful the emptiness of it it's too painful to wait for you I need your mother I need your mother who knows the Holy Spirit intimately to sit with me and to radiate this quiet hope 
an expectation. And almost a mischievous, actually, a mischievous joy. Like when the Holy Spirit comes, you just wait. When the Holy Spirit comes, this is going to be so much different. All this fear, all this weariness, all this disillusionment, it's going to dissipate. You're not even going to think about it. You're not going to think about the guilt of, you know, you ran away from the cross. You're not going to think of the guilt of that one that that was among you that got lost. You're not going to be stuck in that sadness. You're not going to be stuck in the places where those people that were supposed to be strong weren't strong. Those people that were supposed to stand with you didn't stand with you. Those people that were supposed to be, you know, witnesses but they denied you. You're not going to be, you're not going to even remember it. When the Holy Spirit comes, you are going to have a fire in you that is going to burn away every fear, and every doubt, and every anxiety, and you will run. You will run to give this word to others. You will run to set the world on fire. And I, I really believe that we are waiting. We are waiting in the upper room. We are waiting for a new Pentecost. Not a charismatic renewal for one portion of the church to keep it alive, but a full-blown Pentecost. The Holy Spirit come over the church to bring the spirit of truth and love. into places that that in like a, a spirit like that cannot be contained a spirit that cannot be contained that cannot be held by one charismatic leader that cannot be used by somebody for their own glory a spirit who is so beyond us that our knees just bow and we first repent and today, I feel a need to repent. I am guilty of... I'm guilty of mocking the Holy Spirit. And what do I mean by that? I, the times when we're like, oh yeah, those people, you know, and they're, they're the Holy Spirit people, or when we see the works of the Holy Spirit and... And because it's so beyond their control and because it looks so crazy and because it looks so naive, you know, like it's not like this deep intellectual discourse, but it's just full given over to God. We stand, you know, at, at the side and, and we mock. And I am guilty of that. And I think, you know, if if it was Christ himself, you know, that... that <laughs> produced signs and wonders or produced people that looked like they were drunk in the middle of the day. I wouldn't mock him. <laughs> I mean, we have like novenas and, and uh, you know, like promises like if you go every first Friday into Mass and you, you to make reparation for like blasphemy and, and, and mockery against the Sacred Heart, but as Catholics, can we really say that we have honored and reverenced 
and stood in, in true reverence before the Holy Spirit. I mean, I have to admit that sometimes the way I've spoken about the Holy Spirit is like a joke. Sometimes the way I've spoken about the, the third person of the Trinity, God himself, and I have thought like I can decide who he is and what he has permission to do, you know, like just please, Holy Spirit, like stay within the sacraments, please. None of this crazy stuff on the side. Oh, and please, like none of this like, oh, people falling down, you know, that's just crazy. You know, I, I guess I'm just coming to terms with the fact that when I say, come Holy Spirit, like, am I really making a place that is welcomed to him? Am I, make, am I like Mary, creating a space where the Holy Spirit would feel totally at home? And it's, it's an examination of conscience because I maybe even inadvertently, to protect myself because I don't want to fall into some kind of, I don't know, cult-like thing, or I don't want to fall into another trap, or I don't want to fall into some kind of like, oh, those people, so I'm going to hold, you know, like my reserve. And I'm not going to like give in to all that Holy Spirit stuff. Or I'm going to look at it and maybe like recognize that it's good and it's true, but mm -mm, it's not for me. That's not for me. I'm not going to stand here and say, this is what the Holy Spirit is. This is what the Holy Spirit is. And I, I'm just standing before my, the question in my own heart, like, who do I think I am? That I get to decide <laughs> where the Holy Spirit's working and what is his work? And what is his, you know, expression of love? And one thing that's really clear to me is that if I am next to Mary, if I am next to the spouse of the Holy Spirit, I don't have anything to fear. And if I become a crazy Holy Spirit person, praise God, you know? Um, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for there not to be a charismatic movement, but maybe it's time for us as Catholics to, to go back to the upper room, to, to really ask that question within ourselves is that would I surrender myself to the work of the Holy Spirit? I think sometimes we're afraid that when we see people who are living in that place of signs and wonders or they're not kind of quote unquote in control of themselves, I think we can be afraid maybe like we that it would lead us to infidelity or some kind of heresy. I think Mary's a good safeguard. I don't know why it's easy to not be afraid of Jesus, for me at least. But, you know, that Holy Spirit, that's to really let myself be open to the Holy Spirit. That's, that's kind of a big ask. 
And the best I can think about it is that the Holy Spirit seems like, I, at least I know Jesus is going to the cross. And I mean, that's doable, right? But the Holy Spirit, who knows? <laughs> who knows what the Holy Spirit will do? But we know that where the Spirit is, there is truth and there is wisdom and there is healing. There's peace. And the Lord knows that we we could all use, <laughs> we could all use more of that. Not more of it. I mean, it's not like a product that we are participating in. I think that's the point. The Holy Spirit isn't just that really neat, like, you know, third person of the Trinity that helps the sacraments become real. The Holy Spirit is the life of the church. And if we don't give permission to the Holy Spirit to work, where is the church? We just end up with rules and customs. It's the Holy Spirit that makes Christ present. It's the Holy Spirit that allows us to call God Father. It's the Holy Spirit who prays through us. It's the Holy Spirit that groans in us. How much more life would be given to the church if we if we said come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit and we let him come show me who you are show me who you are and we hear that the Holy Spirit, he never speaks of himself. The Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. And so the Holy Spirit drives us always closer to the Father and the Son. But I pray and I pray that today for me might be a new day of surrender to the Holy Spirit. And that I don't let my, I don't like put restrictions. And that I might be a place that is welcome. Like Louis de Montfort said, you know, those who are consecrated to Mary, that the Holy Spirit would fly to them. And I just pray that any place in me that that has not been freely open to the Holy Spirit, that Mary might prepare that space, that she might remove whatever could be blocking, that she might allow the church to be renewed in my heart and the places of hurt or betrayal or disillusionment, that they might be just ignited in a deeper way in a deeper love. And I think it's pretty crazy. I mean, in some ways I can say, oh yeah, I trust Jesus and I trust the Father. But how can I even say that if I don't fully trust the Holy Spirit? And so, well, you can pray for me that I might be able to say that. 
and I think that there's some pretty beautiful things that God can do when we allow the Holy Spirit to work fully, fully in our lives without reserve. So that may that be so for each of us and uh, pray for me. I mean, this is not, <laughs> this is my pondering. This is my own struggling through. And so if it's of help or if it's a blessing, praise God. If not, well, say a prayer for me at least. Thank you. And God bless you. Let's just say it together, you know. Veni Creator Spiritus. Come Holy Spirit.